0: Uh, thank you to everybody who came to the last Overachievers show. We are back April 10th at the DC Improv. We have Rob Hayes headlining uh, from Jimmy Fallon, and we have Amina Imani, and we have Rosebud Baker. So if you want to get your tickets, go to the overachieversdc.com. Um, we're going to get into it, man. We got a special guest. He's been a friend of mine since 2012, uh, since I started comedy. I met him, I believe, at the Arlington Draft House and since then he's gone on to become one of the biggest comedy producers not just in dc but i think in the country uh he is known for the underground comedy fest and having the dopest shows in dc his name is sean joyce
1: hey what's up man
0: thanks for uh thanks for doing this bro
1: yeah sure good to be here
0: so you just got into the podcast world you know
1: what i mean yeah i'm fresh into it how's it how's it treating you dog? I don't know. It's hard to know. You know, stand up. You know how how it's going immediately. Yeah. Podcasts. You don't get a lot of feedback. You don't know which weirdos are listening to this right now. I don't know who's listening to it. I don't know what their faces look like when they listen to it.
0: Have you Um, had anyone come up to you like, hey, man, I really appreciate that information you shared on your last episode.
1: uh, Not strangers. Not strangers. Not yet
0: comics i've had a lot of comics say stuff to me but the moment someone in some salmon khaki pants comes up to a big hunt and says, hey man i really appreciate that last episode just yeah. walks away like immediately doesn't even like give you time to say anything yeah. back that's when you know you're like hell yeah i've arrived in the podcast scene
1: yeah i, I well i'll <laughs> look
0: forward to that that has not happened so far yeah man um you know i think uh being a comedy producer in dc for what five years 6 years. Fuck. Well, yeah, that's true cuz you started you started early with you started at a, at a what was the first show you started cuz we met 2012 when I met you you were a stand-up comic. You were uh you were a, a metrosexual comic <laughs> in the DC comedy streets. Oh, you mean why do you say metrosexual? Out of all the comics, you were probably one of the better dressed ones. It oh. was to the point where it was noticeable. Out of all the white straight The white straight comics. Yeah. Because you got to think back then it was like you, Ryan Shutt, Drew Daly. uh, Dre Daly. Dre Daly. Um, I don't think Bucket was around yet. But you kind of wore these like leather shoes and jeans. And I was like, oh, okay, this guy. That's because
1: I was trying to get Beezer. Mm. I was trying to. You're you're currently your current wife. Yeah. I was trying to get my wife. Mm -hmm. And
0: you had to bring out the leather shoes. Yeah, man, it wasn't gonna. Do you remember though? Am I remembering this no, right? No, I had nice boots. Yeah. Yeah, you had the boots. I had nice shoes. I got yeah. some good memory, bro. That's how. Yeah, was, yeah. But that's my. I did have a pair of leather shoes, also. Yeah, that's right. I remember you um, used to pull up to mics and a. You know, you take notice of a guy in a leather boots at an open mic. You're like, this guy means business. Yeah, but He's I didn't have them on. Around. I had
1: them on for where I was going after the to, mic. To fucking
0: yeah. You were there to fuck the stage and then
1: fuck after. Yeah, and I realized uh, once I started doing. <laughs> Once I started doing lots of sets, and uh, lots of sets in
0: 2012 is like three a week. That's like uh, that's like. Uh, I
1: was doing when I I'd say within a month of starting comedy, I was going up five times a week. Where? What are these secrets? Sh- where were the shows? There was a couple. These are all in Virginia. Oh, okay, yeah. See, Virginia was a different world. Is it? Was I went. To, I mean, there was a Monday. There was a room every night. Whoa. Except for Friday at first, there was no Friday room, but there was and you could get on the uh draft house mic. yep when i first started i was doing comedy for a month and i would get up every other week at the draft house on that mic and we packed packed room i'd go last you're giving off that big
0: dick energy early on we're <laughs> like this guy's this guy's wearing leather boots we gotta let him yeah go. well because i dude it's the opposite for me it took i would get i couldn't get on for it two years what got harder and harder to get on that's funny. You're that you had the reverse uh, experience as me.
1: Yeah, because I had I got once real they lucky. figured you out once they saw past the boots they're well, like. Well, no, I mean, I think also Randolph liked me immediately. Because mm-hmm. uh, you guys are all about your business. I think just being a little older. Yeah. And a little bit also have a real like non attitude about stand up. <laughs> <I'm laughs> very it, like what like whatever when I'm doing stand up, if yeah. I'm the performer. I don't have an attitude at all. And like I don't really I'm very low maintenance as a performer. So I think it was real easy for me to fit in. Yeah. And it was also I was mature. So I was I was able to Yeah, you were
0: and you, you're a good hang because back then you even still now. You're like you don't fucking uh you're not like a guy who yells a lot. You're not you're like a pretty <laughs> like you're not like a guy who freaks out over not getting picked or getting a good spot. I never have been. Yeah, that's what I'm saying like I could see how, like, the older guys, like, uh, kind of gravitate towards you. Whereas I, like, I came onto the scene wearing leather jackets and gelled hair and loud sneakers. And I was, like, I would, like, literally get upset over not being selected.
1: Yeah, those guys don't like that. Yeah, they hate that. So we're the opposite. We and are So the I got slotted in immediately. Immediately. And then I got on there, you know, was on their their track of mm-hmm. progression and then that was easy to just follow along with that and, and, uh, you know, do what they wanted me to do.
0: Yeah. Who would have known you would have been the most, uh, you know, illustrious comedy
1: producer six years later here in Washington, DC. That was at that time, that was eight years ago. That's true. Cause that was like, that was before I was producing who are, anything.
0: Who were the comics back then when you were starting out that you were like, man, I was thinking about, I could only be like that guy.
1: I was thinking about, uh how uh just in terms of the people that were around back then how i kind of miss that group yeah do you did you look up to any of those guys well I mean, like yeah, comedy wise like per- comedy performance wise i mean there was people that i looked up to i mean obviously i look up to weems and parisi sure. and, and tim those
0: were the guys doing the open mics back then
1: yeah yeah they were the guys that were crushing it back then yeah, yeah. tim miller was was great um I mean, obviously still great, but he was back then. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. No, that's... Uh, he was just as good when I started yeah. as he as he is now. And uh, but thinking back about Jason Nunez, like Ruth, uh, Larrick, you know, Foodie and Jamel, Kyle Martin. Yeah. Um, all, all those people hanging out. Graham.
0: Yeah. That's that the, was like a fun. That was like a. a Shut. The Wonderland Ballroom crew. Or whatever yeah, that was
1: like know. a fun. That was like a fun group. Mahdi. Ahmed was in that group. Ahmed, yep. Yeah. Um, Wardell was around back then. Wardell was not around for long. Okay. When, he left. Uh, he left when I started. When yeah. I started comedy, he was on his way out. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't around for long. And he was also. That was like. And the very early days was still like all Virginia. And so it yeah. was kind of like pre actually having fun hanging out.
0: I, I didn't realize how deep the Virginia crew was. That's a big, that's a big group. That's like Graham.
1: I forgot about Graham, but then it all, but it all transitioned into DC and yeah. then it was a group in DC and hanging out in DC, like hanging out with, with Ruth and Nunez that that used to be, it's a fun hang. That used to be real fun. But those days are over. Nunez uh, going
0: on stage and just going on stage and saying how he's going to do a joke for the next five minutes. Like, yeah, man, mm-hmm. this next joke is going to be great. This next joke, oh man, I'm going to crush with this next joke. He would do that for five minutes long. I remember watching that. I'm like, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, at that point, it was like I I, think alt, I thought it was, it was it was a pretty alt. The whole scene when I started was i uh, I'd say uh, predominantly alt. Yeah. Do you know? Did you, do you ever realize that? Like uh, looking back, like man. Most of the comics were pretty alti. Sarah like was pretty alty. You
1: know, what I mean, everyone yeah, was yeah, like yeah. Adam yeah. Freeland. Yeah, I hadn't really thought of that. I mean, I don't create a lot of room for alti comics, to be honest. Well, I'm, that's what
0: I'm saying. It's it kind of cool to like look back at how much the the, the, the scene has changed Cause now. Because now I'm looking around, everyone's wearing Jordans and posting pictures of Jordans on their Instagram. Like you hate Instagram. Well, but, it's funny we turned, I mean, it got kind of clubby. Yeah. And, uh, but it kind of like matches the energy of like the room though.
1: I think that those type of people get the, get the biggest laughs and I like big laughs. Ooh, hot
0: take baby. So you hear that guys, if I, you, if you ain't wearing Jordans, yo, you ain't getting big laughs You better fucking swap out those vans for some $180
1: Jordans. I'm I like to get some spots in the block at big hunt. <laughs> it's fun. I mean, I like watching all type of comedy yeah. more sure 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 yeah um it's I, it's yeah. more entertaining to me i'll say this i have a very specific alt people
0: alt guys that i like we we were talking to, uh the dorian is my favorite guy yeah. to watch but then there's others who i'm like i have to leave the room i'm like this is too this is too left it's yeah, going definitely. to it's going to that way which I, I, it's cringy totally. it's like i can't like
1: jesse have you seen like jesse mourner ritt okay recently no not recently i mean she's off the deep end of, oh, okay of all, she's getting she's getting her feet wet in the, <laughs> in the yeah. Whole. I mean, she's really going for it, and like she's doing it on purpose, and like she does not give a shit how it's going or yeah. what anybody thinks about it. She's doing her making her art. So when it's, when, it's, when a comic that, that we both know
0: starts doing that in a room, and then uh, and you've known her for years, what what what's the do you say something? And you're like, yo, oh, maybe you should. Uh,
1: well, it depends on who it is. I mean, it, it depends on. How experienced they are. Yeah. When
0: do you start to like care about whether or not someone's like, uh, Hey man, maybe you should like turn up the jokes a little bit. Well, turn like the jokes. Volume. So
1: when, uh, let's get some laughs in here. You know, people like laughs when Jesse still lived here. Yeah. And she was helping me out with shows and, you know, just really was very new at comedy. Mm-hmm. Then I would, I would say that I would be like, you got to, stop doing this other stuff and you need to write jokes and punch lines and you need to do them over and over again and get them worked out and uh and i think that she did do that and i told her what to do but you know now she's moved to new york and she's doing her thing up there and she comes back and does weird stuff and now it's not my place to say that anymore right now it's you know she's experienced she knows what she's doing she's yeah. making those choices you know, I I don't. It's not. I don't think it's the most effective way for her to go about things, but it's her. It's her experience, so she's got to do what she wants to do. That's real. All
0: right, let's get let's get into the. Uh, just to give people listening some context, because the people listening right now is a it's a hybrid of like comics, but also people who've come to my shows and they're just fans of DC comedy. Um, to give people listening some context, uh, Sean runs Big Hunt, which has become. Probably one of the best comedy rooms in the country. Um, that's my opinion, and I'm standing by it. Uh, it's I'm I, it's been like my home club, my home room for like the past three years. I've seen it evolve from like a once a week show to Wednesday through Saturday, where it goes from free shows to like it's evolved to twenty dollars shows on weekends. Which is like going from a free show to that is kind of unheard of in that fast amount of time. Um, so he's accomplished a lot. So I want to give people some context of like what Sean does and what what he means to the city. Um, so Sean, you you started you, but I want to quickly quickly go over like when you when you started Big Hunt because you've said it a lot I think on different podcasts. But uh, I just want I want you to tell people like because we were like we we're doing mics together. You were like you would do my mics. You would come to Brass Monkey. I remember yeah. you coming pulling, sure, up, sure. pulling up with the leather boots. And like waiting Just like everyone else You, I remember you Saturdays at the draft I was waiting To get your name called Or not called You know what I mean I, rem- sure. I remember those days And you were just You were in the mix You hosted the DC Improv I was there Because I filmed it Yeah yeah You know So I, I was like you were like I was like kind of in the same track as you. Like I was like right. I was like I was behind you. Yeah, behind me. Yeah. I was behind you. So I was like yeah, you were like a year behind me. But I was always like you always kind of look at the guys in front of you and like try to yeah, like kind of keep up and like kind of it's kind of competitive in a way of like you want to like not like outdo them but like you're kind of competing for laughs. Cause like it, it felt like in those days like you want to make make a name for at least that's how I felt. I was like I want to make a name for myself. I want to be noticed for the right reasons, not for like annoying reasons. So like all I knew how to do was just try to make. Uh, trying to make rooms laugh And back then it was like Whether well, it was the green room Or uh, I think when you had that show on um, Southeast, or was it the Capitol La- Oh, Capital Lounge Yeah, I think you were still doing stand-up back then too Of right? course, yeah, yeah yeah. And I remember like Those were like the earlier days Where like things were kind of like Things were not set in stone yet With like line like Things were still kind of evolving a little bit and uh and then you transition into like going into
1: full-time comedy producer mode yeah i mean it was um it wasn't an intentional change and it wasn't like one day i was like i'm gonna focus on producing more it would just i thought you had a meltdown at the at the world bank and that's <laughs> that's what i heard i heard you like threw
0: a computer out a window and you're like i'm I'm done with this shit. No, and then you like, no. yelled at your boss and you're like, you know what, dude, you have no idea what I do at nighttime.
1: Did you really hear that?
0: No, Is but that, i are you making
1: <laughs> that up. Is it, are you just inventing that right I, now? I
0: thought I, I in my mind. That's what happened. But I mean, what I knew because I knew was, you worked at the world bank. Yeah. You would talk about it on stage. How you like, yeah. And I wish old people die.
1: What? <laughs> I don't remember. I'm, sum, that, I'm summarizing
0: but... your bit about how like there's a policy. Or like those 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 uh, issues would resolve themselves.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm summarizing oh, all yeah, your jokes, yeah, but yeah, putting my is, own spin on it. Yeah, the, get, yeah because that sounds pretty harsh. But what... No, and I didn't say I wish... All, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. What I, this, I, this is not... I mean,
0: obviously, that's not what he said. Let me clean up this joke. Yeah, yeah. I was... Uh, just clean up this part where Martin just says Sean wants old people to the die. The
1: joke was... I was just thinking about whether I should do material on stage, like, again, like... Yeah, I think and, you should, man. And uh, I was trying to just think, I was like, what the hell were even my jokes? Yeah. I'm just trying to remember them. It, it's a lot of policy stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I had that joke. So I was like, "What? what is it like when you try to apply for a job in public policy? Yeah. Because the thing that basically in policy is you're trying to solve problems. The, each policy is designed to solve a different problem. So... When you are applying for the jobs, they want to know what problems you're interested in, like what areas you want to work in. But in saying that, sometimes the way it's worded, it makes you kind of say that you don't care about other problems. Yeah. And that was. Which is
0: where politicians get in trouble, right? Because they pass bills where it's like, oh, you supported this. Meaning
1: you don't support this? Well, the yeah, like Bernie gets criticized a lot. The like, w- do you care about racial issues? Do, yeah. It seems like you only care about economic issues. Do you care about racial issues? Do you care about fo- foreign policy? And I think the real answer to that is, no, he doesn't care that much about that stuff. Mm. His thing that he cares about is economic issues. He's not that involved in the other stuff. But you know, he's learning. You know yeah. how to slap that those policies together. But anyway. Uh, In this f- interview, in my joke, the person asks me a d- bunch of different policies, whether or not I was interested in them and wh- one of senior citizens issues. And I, I said, seems like most of those issues are going to individually resolve themselves in a couple of years. Banger. And uh yeah, people love that joke. Yeah. Uh even though it's ageist. Yeah, you used to close on it. It is a problematic joke. After after you did that joke, you try to go bra bra
0: in your face.
1: <laughs> yeah. And they then, definitely make a lot of noises on stage. <laughs> Signature. That's that's back then when you used to live with
0: uh Kyle. Kyle Martin. Yeah, I live with Kyle, huh? I shot his uh his special, you know what I mean? You remember that? Urban Pioneer. Yeah, dude.
1: I produced it. I produced the live uh, aspect to that show, and you filmed it. Yeah, man. And Kyle, I thought it came out pretty good.
0: Yeah, Kyle got some good production back then, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, he did a whole special. He was the first person to do a he's special. The, that was like, he, he
0: was the pioneer, the urban pioneer.
1: Yeah, that was like probably about five and a half years ago, five years ago. So now, uh, so you quit the World Bank. Oh, yeah, I quit the World Bank because, um, well, I was producing more and more shows. Yeah. The shows are going well, so I just add another show. Just keep adding shows. Now, was the money, was the money, was it like money
0: motivated? You're like, or was it, yo, no one else is doing this shit in D.C. And I'm
1: tired of going to these whack-ass dive bars and being yelled at by guys who are idiots. That's why I started shows the first place. Yeah. I mean, I started, I did shows in Virginia. Yeah. Just because we needed a place to perform. Yeah. I didn't get to Just so anything. everyone's listening, let
0: everyone... Gets yelled at and gets shitted on in the beginning. It doesn't matter who you. Everyone has to go through something. Yeah, man. I was a
1: bringer for Ramin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a bringer for his shows. Sean was a bringer. I was a bringer. I brought my. I brought my girlfriend to Cool Cow Comedy. Yeah, to Ragtime. Underground. I was was, a bringer to Ragtime. Was bringing to the Ragtime. I would bring four people, and I would do. Because you know the
0: reason I say is because you know how sometimes everyone's like, oh, everyone. It's all the world doesn't want me to win. You know, everyone. But it's like sometimes you gotta like share uh the early days, be like, hey man, listen, I instead of complaining, I just created my own fucking comedy
1: empire. I was trying to date a hot chick. Yeah, dude. It's Saturday night. I gotta leave, go to the draft house, yeah, try to get on, don't get on, yeah, go meet back up, like, or get on, go last then I got to wait for the whole show. Yeah. They're both bad. When you when you're trying to get back to your girl, they're both bad. If you <laughs> you don't get on it sucks, but then you can leave and you get back there. You do get on as good, but then you got to sit there for an hour and a half or 2 mm-hmm. hours to go last. But yeah, so I started that. I started off as a bringer, I started off doing terrible free shows in Virginia, like way out in Fairfax and in uh, Woodbridge. Yeah. Um, in the sticks. And then uh Then I wasn't, and then I moved to DC. I wasn't running it. I quit those shows. I quit the shows I was running in Virginia when I when I got the job at the World Bank. Smart. And I wasn't going to run any shows in DC. I was just performing. But then it got too annoying. It was the shows were too annoying. Like uh, Touchdown Man, I just couldn't handle Touchdown. That's what really. That's where I started. Touchdown is what. Created underground comedy. It's
0: uh now called uh it's not the handsome cock. It is called it's actually where we went. With, no, it wasn't for your after party for your wedding. It was, it was next, really close. Yeah, next door.
1: That was a weird place. It's, it's on U Street. Pick for that anyway. That was yeah. That was that was a fun, your wedding was fun though. Yeah, Beezer picked that bar. That was kind of a that's not a very Beezer like bar either. I don't know why she she picked that, but it was a convenient. It was U Street. Yeah. So uh, that was annoying And then I started Big Hunt Because cause that show was annoying And then uh, as the shows You know at first I was just trying to have Good shows It's kind of cool that all this started because An
0: open mic pissed you off Yeah It's kind of like uh, It's reminiscent of like a an old tale of someone just getting Rubbed the wrong way Like I'll show you
1: guys I'll show you all Well it wasn't even like well. Was, I wasn't even trying to show those guys anything because I never saw those guys again for the rest of my life. It's true. Like and I'm never going to see them. It's I don't true. know what their names are. It's true. I know their names. I can drop them, but so, I won't but I won't. Those guys <laughs> and there was nothing wrong with those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were they were, they were fairly they're decent. They were yeah, they were but they just didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. And it was too frustrating to have somebody who didn't know what they were doing waste my fucking time. It's true. So i'm just trying to not have my time wasted and trying to fuck and (laughs) in this at this moment i'm not worried about fucking at this moment once we get to this point yeah i'm already living with her oh got it got it so we live together things progress you're already fucked because this is like a year of living in dc so we we we, we already live together so quality of
0: life probably went up way higher once you're in dc right things are cooler
1: yeah well i moved into kyle's house that's a nice house
0: yeah much better much better yeah, like you're you got a ho- you're living with your homie you got your girl you're doing stand-up you're working at the world bank everything's good
1: everything was good and then big hunt wanted me to do another night so i added friday night yeah then i started beer baron yeah and then i started capital La- then uh Big Hunt, other other venues that Big Hunt owned wanted shows. So then I started Vendetta and Capital Lounge. So at that, then I'm at all of a sudden. It's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, within in a in a less than a year span. Probably within within two years, I would say you know, a year or two. And uh, so as those shows were, as I was adding those shows up, you know, it was starting to be like amount of money I could live off of. Yeah. So then I started considering. It
0: was like 20,000 a week. You're like, I can live off this. 20,000 a
1: week. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I was making 20,000 a week.
0: You're like, once you start to see 20, you're like, I think I can quit. If I
1: made, I mean, making 20,000 a week off of running free comedy shows is an absolutely hilarious thing to say. But (laughs) man, if I could.
0: I'm just throwing information out there because there's going to be this one open mic comedy like. Fuck more And he's like I'm gonna start my own show And then he's gonna realize How hard it is To start a show And run it People don't understand How hard it is To just start a show And then just have people come
1: How much money Do you think 20,000 20, a week is
0: 20,000 a week uh-huh. 80,000 a month That's uh, 100
1: It's a million dollars a year <laughs> not bad it's a yeah so that's a crazy amount of money anyway so once it got once i was like getting close to making enough i could live off of then i started considering yeah maybe i'll do this full time just uh to see what happens right and um so then with that in mind then i tried to intentionally try to make a little bit more money from stand-up and then the world bank gave me um the way it works there they have like these kind of short to medium term contracts that they give you over and over again. And the last one they gave me was a shitty contract Mm. because I was caring less and less over time. It was obvious that the job was pointless. It was obvious that I was just, there wasn't a real future for me there. Like there's not, there was nothing there that was going to make me happy. Yeah. Um, so just on a happy, on a happy scale, was it at all time low job wise? No, it was a perfectly pleasant job, but it was just not a job I was going to care about. And so yeah. if I don't care about the job, I'll come in and I'll do the job. Right. But what the what's the point? What is the point? Exactly. The f- what are we doing? And there was no point in that. Even that whole branch of the World Bank is gone now. That's, a,
0: that's like the majority of people. I know. Don't, yeah, don't do not absolutely. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. We're like the 1% of people who we literally do with a... F- I mean... There's a lot of bullshit that comes with it, but
1: at least we're doing bullshit that leads to what we want to do. So the World Bank, they gave me a bad contract and I was like, oh, OK. And she's like, Are you, is that OK with you? And I was like, sure. I was like, yeah, it's fine. It's good. Whatever. Yeah. So then I leave and then um, I think about it. So then I'm like, OK. So then I start really looking at stand up and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go for it. And so i just came back the next day i was like hey you know what i'm just gonna turn down to that contract and i'm just gonna when this contract ends i'm just gonna leave yeah and she was like oh oh that's a problem and i was like what do you mean she's like well we it's gonna take us a while to replace you 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 know we need you to keep doing this work really and i was like well i'm like i'll tell you what i'm like i will do these three things which are like the core of my job these other things that you are having me do i'm not doing those give those to someone else and i'll do it from home and i'll do it for two months and then she's like is there any way you can do it for four months i'm like fine so then i just all of a sudden then i'm working from home i'm just doing like the most core central things to my job and you know once i was working from home it was like i didn't even have a job i just You know, did the work in my room and uh Sounds pretty that was convenient. Yeah, that was and then it was like a good transition to like get used to like being home, running the business and then you know, that was it, man.
0: What's the trade off of like uh making less money doing what you love and making a good amount of money just being comfortable? Is there like uh is there like a set number you need to survive that you're like, what's your threshold, what you think? Well, obviously you're, a, you're, you're, in an ideal situation. Like, you
1: know, obviously it's ideal to make more money doing what you love, but yeah, I mean, uh, I think that that answer is different for everybody. And I think it changes over time because the amount of money that you need when you're 25 is mm-hmm. different than when you're 30 and when you're 35. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to make very much money for a while, but then at a certain point, you got to look at yourself and say, okay, well, am I going to have a family? Am I going to have kids? Am I going to try to live in a house? And if you're going to do that stuff, that stuff is very expensive, especially uh, in a place like DC. So then you start to think maybe it would be better to make a bunch of money in a boring job yeah, versus having an interesting job and you know, not, a, not, not a- having any...
0: Financial security Yeah dog Not everyone's built For going off the deep end In this uh, Entrepreneurial Venture
1: Yeah I mean I'm really like Right now I I don't I feel like I I bring it up In every episode Of my podcast Is like I just It's so unsettling Like not knowing What the future Is going to be like That It Like trying to plan For buying a house Yeah Like it's uh, I don't know how much fucking money I'm going to make In five years from now Let alone in 20 years from now But you have to know that To be able to make the plan for how much you can pay Yeah So That's like a really Mind Mind blowing It's a mind fuck Yeah That's what situation. it is mm-hmm.
0: I feel like I don't know if I have that much, In my mind The way I look at it At least on the performing side I only know it's going to go up like in my mind, I'm like, all right, these are my rates. And I feel like, I mean, this could be very uh, naive and maybe overconfident, but I'm like, I'm only going to get better. So I'm like, I would imagine the price is going to go up, or at least the following is going to go up. You know what I mean? Producing, I feel like, I feel like unless it's very, you have a, like your brand is strong as fuck, mm. and it's like, you can count on people constantly coming to your shit. Otherwise, it's like, there's always another comedy club opening up. There's always another producer bringing, on, bringing in talent. But you've done such a good job separating yourself from all the other shows. Like in the past, what, three years, you've had Jim Jeffries, Michael Che, Louis C.K., Patton Oswalt all drop in, do your show because they love your room. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's definitely Hannibal
1: one of, Michelle Wolf. That's definitely one way of uh,
0: kind of like securing the brand. I
1: just found out that Tom Segura dropped in. Oh, yeah, I was there. I didn't even know that it happened. Yeah, I was there that night. I found out like uh, I don't even. How long ago was that? Uh, it felt
0: like maybe a year and a half ago. I think Tony Woods was there. Tony Woods was like, it He's one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, 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 it was like a rant. I was like, Tom Segura's your favorite. And I, I, so I didn't.
1: Yeah. I went, huh. How about that? Yeah. I didn't know that either.
0: I didn't even know who Tom Segura was back then until like. I found out after Netflix put a bunch of his specials out yeah. and then like his pot like I was very late to a lot of people. Larry
1: loved that too. Larry always talked about him. Yeah, I was very like late years ago. I
0: was late to all these guys got introduced to me through podcasts. Yeah. Um are there any podcasts that you listen to right now?
1: I listen to Benji's podcast. Yeah. Um I listen to Calm Town. Yeah.
0: When did you start listening to Come Town? 'Cause last time we talked maybe a year and a half ago.
1: Yeah, probably I would say probably a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um I listened to Tuesdays with Stories, I listen to Mark Norman, Joe List's podcast. Um, and then I listen to like I listen to a podcast called The Indicator. Yeah. What's was that about? It's about economics. Okay. Um switch it up a little bit. Yeah, so yeah, I listen to stuff like that.
0: Mm. How how's your pod? Is your podcast doing what it, do doing what you want?
1: Yeah, it's going fine. I mean, what's it called? It's called the Underground Comedy
0: Podcast. Where and you just interview guys dropping in, uh, doing headlining sets on the weekends.
1: Yeah, so far uh, I've interviewed um, all yeah headliners that were they're headliners at the Big Hunt or DC Draft House, and um, you know I didn't know if headliners were going to want to do it. Yeah, is I that, didn't know is, if like do you get anxiety from that. Whether they were or Would say yes or no Yeah I no No I didn't have any anxiety Because I was I didn't have any expectations So I was just like You know If they don't want to do it And then I can't get enough people I just won't do the podcast Like it won't Then it Then it doesn't work out Right It seems like something That would work out Because they're already here So It turns out that Almost all of them Have said yes And seem to be happy to do it And uh you know, and I didn't know how my talking into microphones on the podcast was going to go, and uh, that seems to be going fine.
0: If uh, for the people listening, is there one episode that you've done so far that they should listen to for the as the first one? What's what's the most fire episode you got right now? I think the Mateo
1: Lane one is probably yeah. I listen to that one. That one's fire.
0: I fucks with that one. I think that he's that's funny. The Most, fun, most it's, people have listened to. And he's
1: got a dope story too. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. Um I just uh did one with Sushirismada and that should come out in a couple of weeks which um I thought that was a good talk. Yeah. And then Stavros I think is going to come out uh next week. Okay. So that's exciting. And then we got what you got coming up
0: the Underground Comedy Fest, one of the biggest uh comedy festivals in DC. Mm-hmm. Uh what 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 are the dates? March 27th to 30th. Um how did that come about? How did you get into the festival thing?
1: <laughs> Sean's laughing because uh <laughs> you you got me into the festival thing. It's actually all your fault to be honest. It's probably my fault. Because Ahmed started the festival. Yeah. But, but I, think, I said no when he asked me to yeah. be a part of it and then you convinced me to reconsider.
0: Yeah. This was 2015?
1: 16? No, 2016 maybe. Yes, 2016. Yeah. Although that was 2015 when that conversation happened. And it's a. Yeah, uh, no, it was 2015. It's crazy. We're, we're like little babies.
0: But if you think about the lineup we put together that first year.
1: Yeah, that was a great.
0: That was a fucking historic.
1: I yeah. made that. I turned that into a real good. <laughs> <laughs> festival because it was a bad idea. the The, the original the original idea
0: was the, the Mumbo Sauce Comedy Festival, I think.
1: Yeah, and it was yeah Mumbo Sauce Comedy Festival all in one day, all in one venue.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I was never uh, with that.
1: And then because
0: um, I knew bringing you on a would make it way more legit, but b also like you have experience dealing with comics, so then it's like. Oh, this is a person who knows like uh, who's gonna be realistic about booking, because mm-hmm. like we're throwing names like, what if we got Dave Chappelle? <laughs> yeah, like I don't know if Dave's gonna do our uh, yeah yeah
1: our local dive bar show, guys. Yeah, and then he also his other idea was to ha- just have it be a series of local shows. It, his idea was just to like start in the ha- at like noon and then have every local show yeah. happen in one venue in one day. Yeah, and uh, yeah, then
0: we just quickly. uh said no to that
1: right and then turn it into a regular festival with good comics
0: do we have any uh do you have any uh exciting names about this upcoming year that uh, you're excited about
1: yeah i'm excited uh rami yousef is going to be doing two shows at big hunt um which is very cool it was kind of unexpected um he'll be on thursday night there and then uh felonious monk will be doing a show two shows at draft house Bonnie McFarlane um, and come towns gonna be doing a live podcast and Nick Adam and stop Russell will also be doing a stand-up show um, so they'll be doing two shows at black cat so those are like the big shows um, definitely exciting to have those guys because they're killing it yeah they're DC guys they're DC guys they're uh, they did it on their own um, by offending everybody and uh the more people they offend the m- more successful they are.
0: I think they're I think they're brilliant for for offending people cuz I think that's what people they need that. I think they the other side of the spectrum needs to be uh, represented.
1: There's definitely a spectrum involved, but <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh they're just those guys are real funny, man. Yeah. They're funny guys.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to they're going to they're going to do great. It's two shows over there, um this is going to be uh your fourth the fourth one.
1: Yeah, this is the fourth one.
0: Damn, dog. Time has flown, flown by.
1: Yeah. This has been the least painful one so far
0: because you haven't really what's been the biggest difference?
1: No meetings. Yeah. Just as we stopped having meetings and uh and also um I just tried to I just tried to cut out a lot of extra stuff and just try to make it pretty simple just so it's like a little bit less Stressful just because it's so much uh, So many things involved in the festival
0: Yeah yeah, dude there's a lot going On that week's going to be crazy Uh, I don't know if We're allowed to talk about the Comedy Central thing
1: Yeah also yeah first night Will be uh, Comedy Central uh, Up next audition showcase So comics will Be this will be local comics Auditioning for Comedy Central And then anybody that's picked will Perform on Clusterfest in uh, San Francisco this summer uh, it's, Which is Comedy Central's big festival
0: And then also that Saturday uh, They're having JFL Just for Laugh auditions At the DC Improv I'm going to be on the Saturday 10 o'clock show So if you guys want to come check out check me out and support You can get tickets to that at the DC Improv Website And uh, if you want to support the Underground Comedy Fest Tickets are now available I think uh, by the time this is released They should be on the Underground Comedy DC website With a link to the fest um last the last couple years we've had like super big names drop in you never know who's gonna show up but this is the lineup alone one guy I'm excited about is P.D. Diabru. he's a dope ass comic who's done the overachievers he's gonna be on the big hunt shows I believe um and Rami Youssef's a killer you guys would love Rami um it's gonna be good man uh so every time we talk we always talk about like how like DC Continues to get bigger and bigger and like when's it gonna like what do you what do you see happening now for the next year or two like what do you what's the what else can just for laughs is coming comedy Central's coming
1: what what else can happen now yeah I don't know I, I mean people getting Nike deals <laughs> well it would be cool if people were getting any type of deals out yeah. of DC I mean I guess that's a possibility if um, people here can start getting I mean last year People started getting managers Yeah From DC And that was a new thing So Yeah Venues
0: like DC Improv Are changing the way they You know I got the The Overachievers is now over there Um It seems like everyone is Uh Becoming a little bit more open-minded About like How things Things can There's a lot of room for growth Still
1: Yeah I mean I think Overachievers also grew Too Overachievers got big enough To be there You know Um and I think the scene grew enough for JFL to come here and it grew enough for Comedy Central to come here. So it's grown and now we get to have those cool things happen. What are the next cool things that are going to happen? You know, I don't know. Like, how how well is your podcast going to do? How well is my podcast going to do? What about, you know, these videos? Like, what's it going to be? You know, what are the next things that are going to happen? I think it's it's hard to predict, but... You got, they've you, kept unfolding You got a
0: lot of young uh, comics listening to this uh, Advice for the young guys Who are trying to break in The scene Or like uh, give them some context On like what to do If the they don't know what to do If they're like Because you know like remember like How it was back in the day You're just trying to figure things out you, don't, you know you're trying to like Move up with the ladder But you just don't know how in some cases What's like the most uh, what, What's some uh, insight you can give them
1: I mean I think if you're if you're in your first two years, I think you just want to be writing jokes. You want to be trying to perform as much as you can and then just trying to put together a first, you know, you're going to try to put together a solid five. Then you're you're going to try to put together a solid 10 after that. And while you're doing that, you're going to try to get on, start getting on good shows yeah. like First, you're going to have to go to bad shows. You're going to have to get used to doing that. You're going to have to figure out what kind of people you get along with. Yeah. What kind of people have the same type of humor as you and kind of, you got kind of, to kind of try to find your place. Like, where do you belong? You know, where do you feel comfortable? Where, what feels gross? You know, what feels exciting and you want to try to just position yourself. So you're doing the fun, exciting stuff. And you're not spending a lot of time in terrible, gross places. And, you know, making friends is important and working hard and continuing to work on your jokes is important. And you really just, you're trying to move up the ladder. Uh, There's a, there's a young comic who came up to me uh,
0: Monday at an open mic. There's a, I like to do this room. The comedy shuffle is one of my favorite workout spots. And a kid came up to me and um, he was like, uh, I don't like to do the same material every week if feel, it feels it feels shitty mm-hmm. and funny, um, funny, 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 dude. Uh, and um, in my in my mind, I'm like, uh, when you're starting out, would you would you say that it's important to get your five minutes on lot, like get that five minutes to the point where it's like it's solid or work, continue to work on the same five and ten where like when when they're ready to go to Big Hunt or be seen by you, it's ready to go where you can count on them yeah I mean
1: I would say there's lots of different ways you can succeed yeah there isn't just one way to succeed but there is the easiest way to succeed and the easiest way to succeed is to put together a series of jokes that does well for five minutes yeah and be able to do that when you get put in a position to, you get an opportunity to go on a, a good show yeah. where there are people who can put you on other shows if, if right. they see you and you want to have that material ready to go so that you can do well in that spot. If you want to be a super creative person and you want to say something different every time on stage, I think that's okay. But your path will just be more difficult you might stand out by doing that and people might know you and talk about you more and you might get more spots by doing it Um, but it's trickier it's trickier it's riskier and there's like it's a higher degree of difficulty to go about it that way so you I think you just have to kind of like think about you know what kind of performer are you are you real weird you know are you like are you like Rory you know are you like the Dorian, like, or are you like foodie? Like, are you thinking weird thoughts and you just want to, you just want to express these kind of unusual ideas. You want to like play with energy. If that's the kind of person you are, then, then do stand up that way. If, if you're not that kind of person, if you're just a regular person, yeah. you're writing regular jokes, then you probably, you want to work those jokes out. Yeah. You don't want to be, you can't just do something different every night. You it will And It's not going to turn into anything You're
0: not going to be consistent You're not going to learn how to be consistent You're not going to be able to get Well you're not going to develop
1: the jokes You won't develop the material So Nothing will ever be that good Because it's not worked out Right Unless you're That type of artistic person Yeah
0: Repetition is uh, Basically doing it Getting as many reps And
1: repetition on these material To tighten it up Yeah you got to You got to figure out What parts of the joke work What little things you're going to change Yeah Because when you see people go up there And do their best stuff And have great sets It's because they took out the stuff that didn't work Yeah They ch- they figured out how to make it work It sometimes takes years in some cases Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely You know Definitely takes years I've been doing this Ice cream Chuck joke for almost four years now And I just found an ending after four years And now it's a five minute bit That started right. off as a one minute right. and two minute and Stretch it out, stretch it out Got a beginning I'm just trying to give these guys more insight Because a lot of times People come up to me and they just don't know. They just, like, they're so, like, they d- they don't know what to do. They think they got to, like, be different every time. And in my mind, I'm like, no, nah, dude, just just work on your shit. Take this time to, like... Sometimes people want to, like, do the DC Improv open mic. And I'm like, dude, it's too early. Like, focus on just getting good. Then, yeah, be, you know what I mean? Then, sure. then be seen by the guys like you or Antoine. You know, like, don't rush it.
1: Yeah. I think it used to be a little maybe it used to be a little easier to know what to do because there weren't as many options. Yeah. There weren't as many steps, you know, it was like when I started out, it was like the only things you could do were try to work your way up through the draft house yeah, and get on Kurt shows yeah, and then, and then ultimately start working at the improv. That's it. That's all there was to do. And those were, it was easy to see how you get through those steps. Now there's a lot of different stuff going on. So I think you can get maybe kind of lost in those options but you're still basically just going from performing at open mics you're doing well at open mics you're getting on book shows you're good at those then you're starting to get chances here and there at improv big hunt draft house and then then you're trying to then you're trying to get mc spots at those places and you're trying to get showcase spots at clubs
0: are you currently looking for guys to flyer for you are you guys looking for if someone's like how can i get in with sean what's the best way to approach like what's the right way to approach you
1: we don't do flyers in the winter mm-hmm. um but yeah this summer will probably or spring i mean i guess we're starting in april we got
0: to start an underground internship a program.
1: I used to have interns. Yeah. Like actual interns. Um,
0: people helping with graphics, photos. Yeah.
1: You know, videos. Yeah. I mean, I'll always take free labor if people come up to me and try to give me free labor. You hear that, Young Comics? I, I should say I I should. I mean, a, a comic did come up to me on Saturday and ask if he could help out. But he hadn't performed yet. What do you mean? He'd never gone. He'd never done stand up yet.
2: Mm-hmm. And I was
1: like, you got to start. Yeah. You got to start going to mics. You got to start performing. Yeah. After you've done it for a little bit, then come back. What's the process of finding new talent? Well,
0: like, uh, I, there's like some, because like, now I'm doing open mics again because I'm trying to work on some new stuff that mm-hmm. I don't want to do a big hunt yet. Yeah. And I see a young comic. There's this new kid. There's this kid that I think is very funny, Joey Duffield, right? Um, but I don't want to, like, what's the right way for a guy like that to get it? Like, what are the channels? Like what are, what's the, what's like a good
1: way to get in? I would say as with me, yeah, the two ways to go about it are to be like, you know, six months, two year in and be doing like, okay. At Mike's like yeah. starting to have promise. And then, and then if they want to help out, if they're like, they'll watch the door, they'll pass out flyers. So being willing to do that is a, is a, can help your, like, well, if you do that, if you pass out flyers, for example, then you can do a spot on the late show.
0: Yeah. Which is a way to get into the regular rotation almost. Yeah. Cause
1: then, yeah, then you're start then you're performing in front of, uh, you know, 80 people and, you know, you really get a chance to, have an idea of like where you stand compared to like very good comics. Cause you're on the same show as the best comics in the city. So then you're really seeing where you are versus like when you're at a mic and it's just a bunch of young and you're crushing for, yeah. for four, 10. Yeah. You people. think you're the best, but then, you know, go to big hunt and see, uh, yeah. see how you actually are doing. Um, and sometimes, you know, the, depending on the way things go, you might get thrown up early on one of those shows and then you'll really find out cause you're really going to be in the middle of it. And, you know it it, it, ha, it it turns out the way you think it would turn out um if you guys can't see sean smiling from ear to ear right it's <laughs> fine i mean because you think like in the back of your head you're like maybe this person's like good a, a and ready prod, to go a prodigy yeah and then you Cause throw I, them because everyone's like this guy and then you point. throw them up and you're like nope nope they're a new comic this is a new comic that is has has work to do and uh so so yeah, that's one. That's one thing you can do. You can get in that way, and you can be hanging out at big hunt, and you can keep doing those flyer spots. And you know, if you're if you do well, then you can work your way into regular rotation. People that have passed out flyers. I mean, Michael Summers, Cook. I don't know, maybe Eddie. I don't know. Like Ross, maybe. Yeah, Ross definitely Ross. Um. Those those guys passed out flyers and now i think they're in the you know second they're, they're, tier they're, basically they're, of they're they're
0: featuring kind of in that feature that second tier almost at the first almost at the top
1: yeah they're almost at the top there's just one one layer of closers ahead of them not as long as i'm alive baby yeah you're gonna have to kill me yeah, first yeah. <laughs> yeah but if you you know if you and benji leave yeah um Next thing you know,
0: which is very, you know, it's the way things are headed. It's like it's only a matter of time. Sure. You know, just the just the way things are progressing. And even if we don't, it's looking. There's enough spots right now
1: for everyone. So. Some people don't want to do that, don't feel like doing that, Um, doing what? Like passing out flyers and stuff, which is I totally understand. And then uh, I would say I think sometimes they just don't know that they don't have the
0: information on. Because you got to remember back to like when we, they just don't know. No one's there to like teach them. Well, oh, this is what you're supposed to do. At least now in 2019 to break in. This is how competitive is. You have to not just be funny and have jokes, but you have to be willing to put in some work to get these opportunities to go on this stage. That is Michael Che's been on Louis C.K.
1: Jim Jeffries, whatever, whatever. Well, the other thing you can do, you don't have to do that. The other thing you can do is you can do well on those other shows so that other people book you on on those like decent monthly shows yeah. right that are around the city yeah and get on those shows. Do well on those shows so that people are talking about you mm-hmm. people say they tell me this person's funny um or if if they come up and, and they do get a spot, I do throw them on a show then they do well on the show. If you do like Vaughn was that way kind of you know Vaughn Michael Yeah Vaughn was like Young comic on the come up Vaughn was gonna He's crushing actually right now Vaughn kind of helped out Like Vaughn started like helping out with the door And then he was like I don't really I feel like this is like Not a good use of my time And then I was like all right, that's fine And then he kind of wasn't around for Like a couple months And then I gave him some spots And then he was performing well And it's like okay you're performing well enough that I, I'm just gonna put you on the shows because you're an asset to the show just by yourself. So you don't so you know, he, he didn't he didn't need to do that. He was good enough yeah. on his own.
0: But he hustled his ass off and just did shows all wherever he could to get to that point. Well he
1: yeah, he developed really quickly because he he was a, he's able to get club spots um throughout Virginia, um in Southern Virginia and Central Virginia. So he um He's doing a lot of weekends where he's in big rooms, and you get good really quickly by doing that. It's a confidence builder once you do a club comedy club. Well, you have to do well. You know, you have a lot of pressure to do well. It's a lot different environment than like a show for fifteen people. When you're if you're in front of three hundred people. Yeah, the value of
0: uh, doing six shows in a weekend at a right. comedy club. You come. It's like three months of
1: uh, bar shows. So, yeah. So Vanga got good fast and. So you could do it either way. I mean, I, I'm interested to see if some people come out. There are some people that are kind of like not on shows regularly. I'm uh, interested to see like if someone appears like that's very funny. That's like, you know. Yeah, ready, I have a, I to have a couple shows.
0: people in mind, but I kind of learned not learned my lesson, but I like recommended someone to you like two years ago. And uh, it's not that he's not funny. Just he he, he was a he person he didn't really follow through. And it kind of like lets me down too. I'm like, eh, maybe I should just hold tight and like let the person find his own way to, to, to you. Cause it's like, sometimes it's not the funny, it's like the other part, which is execution, which is, you get to like where I'm at now, where execution is almost just as important, if not more important than being funny. Because if you don't show up on time, if you don't, uh, if you're like drunk all the time, if you're just yeah, like, sure. Then what, uh, not only do you you know you kind of like make me look bad by recommending you it's like I'd rather not have that pressure on me and just being like hey man just figure out how to get to underground comedy on your own yeah definitely I mean I mean
1: that's a huge part of it is because if I know. do
0: like recommend someone I wanted to have I wanted to have some value I don't want to be like uh Martin just sent me another guy I just wanted to be like yo this
1: guy's like legit be yeah, Because you and like you got to show up on time You got to like not do dumb stuff Like You know you got to like learn How to be on stage Like some people You know they have a bad set they'll attack the crowd Yeah and it's like yeah Well you know you're just barely on this show And now you attack the crowd You're You know you're hurting yourself a lot in terms of And the show. Getting booked. And, Yes and the show so Absolutely. You got to learn those. You got to learn how to be. And that's like that's why I was able to get spots quickly because I knew how to be respectful to Andy and Randolph and be respectful of their show. And
0: I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that you're a little bit older too. Absolutely. And of you course. you like you lived a life before comedy. Whereas a lot of people, sometimes this is their first run at like life. They're still learning how
1: to be a, like young adults. Totally. And, and there's definitely people that didn't get it at first Yeah And You know They w- Had to stop putting them on shows And then They had to kind of learn Like It's kind of cool man Cause like Guys like you Created a culture for people knowing how to
0: behave almost in rooms. Yeah. Like, you don't, like, you see a lot of... Like, you know, if you think back a little bit, there's a lot of fucking around in the back of the room. A lot of guys, you know, talking when other comics were just... It's just randomly at my... Like, Mm -hmm. the level of respect. But now you have, like, rooms like Big Hunt and now the DC Improv, which is, like... People don't realize this, but they didn't have their doors open to local comics for... I don't know. Like, many, many... Like, it was just not a a club you can walk into. Whereas now they have open mics every month in the main stage and like you can kind of as a comic just watch in the back a little bit whereas that wasn't the case um
1: yeah yeah they changed a lot
0: but even then even still you have to like be super respectful you can't be a fuckhead oh yeah you, you really yeah of course you, you can't be a fuckhead and um i kind of like that because it makes people uh take this shit a little bit more seriously and uh you know not waste people's times because yeah, you I, put you put so much time into this
1: yeah i mean you don't want to you've got to take it seriously and you don't want to you don't want to waste my time you don't waste dc improv's time but it's in your own best interest to be serious about it because how are you going to get anywhere if you're not serious about it how are you going to how are you going to get to feature how are you going to build up that amount of time how are you going to move to another city how are you going to try to get on tv if you're not taking it seriously like You might as well take it seriously the whole time because, you know, you have a limited amount amount of time to get all this stuff together. And it's just fucking around with it makes it 10 times harder. It's already it's already very difficult.
0: Yeah, dude, I think without you saying these things, there's no way these young guys know. And so I appreciate you taking the time to, you know. Letting people know what's going on
1: Sure man Behind get, the scenes You can uh, you can get this kind of insight Every week at the Underground Comedy Podcast
0: Yeah dude uh, For everyone listening um, I know I haven't been dropping episodes Consistently for the past three months But uh, I'm back on it And uh, make sure if you If you fucks with the DC comedy scene And you fucks with the overachievers Then you'll definitely fucks With Sean Joyce's uh, comedy po- The Underground Comedy Podcast um, That's available on all platforms Appreciate you guys listening, man. I'll be dropping more episodes uh, more frequently, I promise. And uh, thank you guys for supporting. I'll catch you guys on the next episode. I Peace.
2: ain't shit. Let's have real sex. We can roll away. Got a bag with best press. Burr like a queen. All the French tips. You do that? I don't let you do that. Well, well, we caught diff and we do it real well. Still well. at the black. Yeah, black. Drop black. Sales ten still avant-garde. So watch 12. Not 12 like time. I'm in like bacon. Benson. Fuck them. They hate my black skin. I ain't telling no lie. Ra, oh, la, la la la. Until we all got high. And when we Y'all got high, it's like Woodstock, neighbors wishing that we would stop We roll woods, red wood park, I'ma smile as big as my dreams on You gonna show a 32 of your teeth off, I'm like This is what dreams are made of, keep it going We keep rolling up and getting on, keep it going I'm on that la can't stop, you know me, I won't stop Cause I'm on the clock, that's my own I'm on that la can't stop, you know me, I won't stop Cause I'm on the clock, that's my own Make money, baby. Never let money make you. You ain't coin star. Never let money change you, change you. In a hurricane, Jersey faithful. You know you out, Merlin. You riding with a turban, I took you out, Boo Boo. You saying you lost service, but love Six Flags. Remember summer spent working. Summer peak heat in July just wasn't worth it. The peak heat got you fanning like a church service sermon. Drop that verse and give them purpose. I'm rich now, still never buying hoes purses. You knew that in the new Benz with a boot head, with new friends with a nose job, with a boot head. Weed and the Drew Breeze, remember how we do that? Kick our feet up, remember what we done, we done. Now nah, never two memories, ease up. Mm. This is what dreams are made of, keep it going. We keep rolling up and getting on, keep it going. I'm on the lala, can't stop, you know me, I won't stop, cause I'm on the clock, that's my arm.